Princess Diana once said, I don't go by the rule book. I lead from the heart, not from the head. Hello everyone and welcome to Nerdy Optometrist. This is your host, Ukti Vora. Our guest for today is a really special optometrist who has led a lot of path and been a great leader, started her journey in 2003 from Lotus College of Optometry. For the past 13 years, she has led optometry from all her heart. She's currently working as a senior manager at Mission for Vision, a non-profit organization working towards eradication of blindness. She's been part of various optometry roles, starting from professional services, clinical optometry, academics, public health, and research. She's been awarded as the best optometry student of India in 2007 by ASCO India and Johnson & Johnson. She's also been awarded as a Young Investigator Award by Asia Arvo in 2011. Not just optometry, she calls herself a lazy photographer, but she's amazing at what she does. So warm welcome to my mentor, friend, and a teacher in an actual term who taught me during my optometry days, Ms. Shweta Patel. Thank you so much, Shweta ma'am, and welcome to this podcast. Ukti, I, I can't tell you how happy I am to be with, on this and uh, I'm so proud of you of what you are doing currently. So thank you so much for uh, having me uh, on this platform uh, which you are running and um, trust me, you are doing an amazing job. So proud of you. Thank you so much. It really means a lot. Though we started as a student-teacher relationship, it has now converted to be more on a friendship. So thanks for being my friend beyond optometry college (laughs) yeah it's my pleasure trust me wonderful now going to a basic question which i ask everyone uh for the fact optometry is not recognized or it wasn't famous when you started optometry back in 2003 how did you bump into this profession okay so it's an interesting thing of course as uh, most of us i never planned for optometry i had no clue what it is it was at that time it was my father who actually bumped on this in one of the newspaper i actually wanted to be a farmer i mean i'm not joking i was interested in agriculture (laughs) my my family is like a lady and a farmer and an agriculture so uh, it was like a big uh, no no Mm -hmm. and uh, the next field of field which i was interested in was biotechnology and pharmacy but somehow due to you know the indian uh, education system general category i couldn't get into anything and um, i you know uh, happened to be in optometry first three months i was like a grumpy teenager who was very angry with uh, uh, her father who happened to you know put her into something which she was not interested in but then the journey was such a rewarding and quite uh, i would say eventful because i never had any expectations but somehow i kept meeting uh, amazing people uh, uh, who actually inspired me all the time so that's how i am here today in front of you and um, it, it has been a rewarding journey for me it is so interesting. All my podcasts, when I ask this question, everyone has an amazing story uh, <laughs> where they just, you know, are into this profession and then they just have fallen in love with it. Uh, going to the next question where I do know you have been part of so many roles, whether it's academic, research, professional services, or, you know, currently in nonprofit public health. Can you share a little in brief about your journey so far? 
Okay, so on a lighter note, you know, I maybe I have not made up my mind yet all this while for 13 years. So that's why I have been, you know, <laughs> jumping. But that's a joke, actually. So I started uh, after graduation. I, I actually, you know, love teaching my uh, classmates. I mean, when we used to do a group studies, I was the one who would take a lead. So I thought, why not, you know, try mm-hmm. uh, teaching? Uh, but I thought, um, you know, I was not that great in public speaking. So meanwhile, I had, you know, very strong interest in you know clinicals. So meet at that time, I remember Dr. Uh, Deepak Garg, who yeah. was, uh, you know, uh, part of Orbis pediatric department and Dr. Nipa. I was very inspired by them and the way they used to do pediatric uh, workups and the way they were as a people, you know, so amazing, humble and charismatic and excellent at their job. So that's how I started with my pediatric optometry uh, fellowship. I was in it for a year uh, and then I joined as a a full-time faculty researcher and a consultant at Lotus College of Optometry. And that was purely because of my love for teaching and uh, because of uh, Prema Chande, Mrs. Prema Chande, who is our right. principal, uh, I'm really inspired by her. I mean, the way uh, she is handled and uh, she's a very strong woman. So um, I thought, why not, you know, try. And again, you know, I have this thing that if I find something which huh? I'm not good at, I would love to try that. So I love challenging myself all the while. <laughs> so it was that decision to be on the, uh, you know, the stage where, you know, I have to face student, ask their answer, their questions and, you know, be on my toes, be in that uncomfortable situation. To be honest, it was very big deal for me. Uh, I'll, I'll share something personal with you, you know. I have an education like my uh, secondary education in vernacular medium so uh speaking i mean i'm i'm taught in gujarati language till uh, 10th standard so speaking in front of you know a huge crowd uh it was a very big deal for me so i thought why not try it and that's how i just landed up and i love teaching i i I call myself a passionate educator Mm -hmm. because it comes very naturally to me and i genuinely enjoy i don't feel tired if you will tell me okay teach me this subject i can just go on so i enjoy personally and i think my students and also enjoy it absolutely so, uh, i can vouch for that i have been part of the student <laughs> yes so uh, yeah that's how i was part of lotus college where i donned a lot of hats including teaching uh, doing consultation uh, specifically for uh, vision therapy pediatric optometry and uh, contact lenses so that gave me a lot of exposure uh, managing patients communication skills etc and then uh, because i was doing my masters at the same time i got involved right. in the research so i had an amazing uh, uh, my mentor uh, urmi vora so again a female very strong person and amazing at her work uh, so she inspired me you know my my topic was on uh, intermittent exotropia and uh, you don't get see these people it was a, a prospective study so uh, intermittent exotropia if i tell you the incident rate was one in ten thousand so uh, i was very upset like okay you know i'm mm-hmm. not gonna get my patients you know it was almost a year and I had to finish my thesis. So um, she right. actually, you know, stood by me and we finally had uh, 15 patients, you know, in our study on vision therapy. And I happened to go on and win the Asia Aruo Award for young investigator for the same, uh, uh, you know, study. So, uh, so it was like, I, I still can't believe, you know, there are 
times like this which keeps you going and you need right kind of people Absolutely. who believes in you so uh, research happened uh, because of that and uh, and then uh, there was this something which struck me uh, as we are talking about the journey i, I was doing very well in yeah. academics but uh, you know i somehow felt you know that i had a, hit a mm-hmm. roadblock that i wanted to do something different i couldn't understand the i i felt you know that okay i do understand the student part on uh, academics and consultation i actually wanted to go out and understand right. the commerce uh and uh, how the uh, other industry or the market works honestly i i had no clue and it just that because i had a lot of friends you know and they would keep talking about it and i would feel okay i have no clue about you know what happens right. outside you know so um, yes. that's how uh, i started thinking about you know joining corporates so um, and thanks to you know uh, some good uh, role models at that time and till now like uh, i'm sure uh, nilesh sir has been over yes. here in the podcast as well so nilesh tide uh, amod gopte sir uh, so they were like i would look up to them and i, I would feel like wow what a command what a p- persona and such a charismatic people you know so i thought why not me over that so <laughs> that's how <laughs> that's how i i like the women leadership instinct that comes out of you when you see these mentors i can completely you know uh, understand that vibe that that inspires you to you know look up to them and reach that level and work hard towards it absolutely so uh, honestly you know it was not easy for me to crack uh, corporates because for them i was a novice i even if i had like right. five years of experience uh, at that time in 2012 Uh, it was it did not matter because i had no experience in corporate but uh, somehow you know i again found good people uh, who could believe in me you know during the uh, the interviews etc and thanks to my strong optometry uh, skills uh, they i got a chance to work with johnson and johnson uh, as a professional affair consultant i was with them for like 4 years and then uh, i worked with bosch and lom for another you know 4 years and uh, it was actually a very rewarding journey uh, i am not uh, exaggerating actually you know i learned so much uh, so much i i i cannot explain it in the word so my thinking process all the thing you know uh, it changed for better of course it was extremely challenging because uh, we are working cross functionally with multiple teams and it's business okay so uh, you have to you know get to on that level of wisdom that how you make sure that everybody is on the same page and keep doing what is required for the health of your patients as well as you have to keep in mind the the business part of it so um absolutely it it was a very uh, good uh, you know experience which i had uh, working in corporate sector where i was leading the uh, technical uh, team for the west region of india I do know you were awarded by Johnson and Johnson as well. Yes. Right. Yeah, and that's when I think I just want. I'm not sure if you are aware about it, but few of uh, my, you know, batchmates, we were just discussing that in whichever sector Shweta Ma'am goes, she'll just go and excel <laughs> it. So that is something which we. I just wanted to share on this podcast. I have a confession that we always looked up to. Like she's academic excellent when it goes to like. 
corporate again excellent because initially we loved your teaching yeah and we used to feel why is she going to corporate <laughs> like you know she's meant to be a teacher <laughs> and then you come up with awards and we're like oh, okay you know wherever she'll go she'll just excel so thank you i mean that is something i have a very clear image of you getting the award and we doing this discussion in the background <laughs> actually it was a big deal for me because i also didn't believe that what the hell happened it i think it's a uh, personally i genuinely think it's about you know your attitude and um, the, the the kind of hard work which you would like to put uh at learning the skills i mean not the goal of okay i want to be successful that's just a goal i mean everybody wants to do that so uh, that's nothing i don't think that is important it's about you know uh, how much uh, skill you develop and uh, honestly people do recognize so i honestly i did not plan for all these things to be honest it's just uh, blessings and your hard work we cannot we cannot you know take yes. that lightly <laughs> we have seen you working much harder than uh, we being the students so <laughs> i'm i'm definitely going to give you a 100% credit on all the hard work that you've put in uh, now talking Thank about you. your current uh, role in public health after academics yes. corporate people usually have a huge barrier when someone talks about public health and ngo specifically yes. can you i do know we had this conversation offline where you shared how public health or working with an ngo is so amazing and it has so many avenues that we don't uh, get a chance to even look into from the outside world so first can we can you share your journey in your current role with mission for vision absolutely so uh ukti as i told you that i was really doing well in my corporate and this is i think uh, somewhere around 2000 18 uh, end uh, i actually wanted to you know move uh, to something which i felt at, in my core very you know close to my values uh, i always wanted to go back to uh, you know in community somewhere mm-hmm. i had this thing and i think uh, i had good exposure in terms of you know corporate and uh, you know academics so right. i was looking for what next as usual uh, after <laughs> four years i get that itch uh what next what next so uh, i happened to meet uh, prema ma'am as she's my mentor and we were we just started talking and that's when she told me about there is an opening in uh, mission for vision and uh, why don't you try honestly i'll tell you what was my reaction uh, i was like ma'am it is in hindi ke i i told her that ma'am abhi kya jhola leke ghumaoge kya aap mere ko so that means that you want me to go around <laughs> <laughs> like you know putting a jhola like a small bag on my you know right. that's how we perceive ngos right? right so she just looked at me and smiled and she's like uh, mrs elizabeth kurian she heads this ngo and uh, i really look up to her i think you would love uh, once you meet her so uh, i was like of course it came from prema ma'am and when i heard about uh, elizabeth ma'am uh, whom i knew as a student because we worked a lot of uh, you know in camps which were supported by sight saver at that time so mm-hmm. mrs elizabeth kurian was heading sight saver and i had an opportunity to see her from distant of course because i was a student and i saw the kind of uh, person she was um, such a humble so amazing and again charismatic and i love you know strong women leader so i right. thought why not you know we need to keep an open mind जाके मिलकर आओ लाइक जस्ट गो एंड हैव अ 
talk uh, and yeah. see if you are you know a right fit for it it's not that if i'm going i need to take it or they will be ready to take me right. so because again i had no uh, you know background in uh, uh, social okay. sector yeah so uh, i went there and when i met the team when i met ma'am i actually fell in love with the kind of work which uh, you know mission for vision does so that's how uh, uh, you know i started this public health journey it's just been a year to be honest uh, and uh, what i am leading right now is an educational initiative as well as mm-hmm. uh, clinical auditing of uh, all the uh, vision centers which are run by mission for vision so uh, uh, just to give uh, you know an idea about public health to right. uh, you know our audience right now when when we think like as a student or as a, a professional uh, public health when the word actually we just uh, get a little confused we think about research methodology we think about epidemiology we think about dry numbers right honestly even i thought that way and it, uh, if i just say the word boring Uh, so because that's how it has been you know for us uh, because we were into clinicals and the way we have been taught things and there is no one to blame it's that's just the perceival of things but actually if i want to if i just make it simpler for everybody to understand public health is uh, it's just the way to give back to you know society taking care of the health of the entire you know community and you are the person who will be doing it uh, for that you need certain things first you need to have a data like uh, we used to when we were studying we used to read about who definition of you know blindness or right. incident rate of this uh, you know etc etc now these data actually tells me okay if i'm you know having a, a class of 10 student out of 10 three people are supposed to i'm just giving you an example okay right. so three people are supposed to have a refractive error now uh, if we know okay 30% of them have refractive error how do we address uh, this issue in terms of you know uh, the the recognition and then treating it so right. then we have to devise a plan right okay 30% of people require it so now how do we reach those 30% of people where are they present currently how we will reach them what services which we can provide to them how are we going to create the supply chain for it where the human resource will come from and once they get the services how do we make sure that how we you know monitor and evaluate our services so this mm-hmm. is what actually you know public health is all about and it's extremely interesting unlike what we feel uh, being an outsider uh, so um, and your uh, so it's like you know you apply all the things which you have learned including your clinicals uh, because as i told you that i do you know clinical evaluation of vision centers which are uh, you know a satellite uh, you know clinic like an optometry clinic which is present in the uh, uh, i would say a small uh, village where it takes care of 50000 people's uh, eye health service need so imagine you know that one center is going to take care of 50000 people and uh, you have to make sure that it is functioning well so that the community gets benefited out of it so yeah so this right. is what is public health 
Absolutely. I think what you shared uh, for me, my my personal favorite takeaway from your response was the entire process that you shared that it is collecting data, looking at numbers is a one teeny tiny bit of the entire process of making the things that you collect from the data into an, a practical yes workable environment for you to have that clinical setup and you know reaching to the community who needs the services so i think you have shared a wonderful uh, journey out I hope there so. and i'm sure many optometrists will be like you know <laughs> uh, looking at public health in a different perspective now on another thing that i would like to ask you when you talk about education is you know you that is the area you're working on do you mean educating the uh, volunteers or is it educating the community about the importance of eye care or is it combination of both okay so uh, here i'm talking about you know generating clinical human resource who will go back to the community and give services to uh, people so i'm talking about allied ophthalmic professionals and optometrists Mm-hmm. where uh, they get uh, trained in uh, certain institutes and we identify these students and uh, uh, make sure that they study in a great environment and they go back to their own community where there is a requirement of eye health services so uh, this educational initiative is in where you know the plan is to train the 2000 allied ophthalmic professionals so when i say allied ophthalmic professional who defines this as you know ophthalmic technician ophthalmic assistant orthoptist uh, you know uh, ophthalmic nursing ot technician etc etc so if i just yeah. give you an idea um like when you go to uh, an eye hospital or uh, for the kind of people whom you meet through the entire journey from the reception to you are meeting your doctor and if there is a surgery then you are going to an ot so the, all the cadre whom you meet they are allied ophthalmic professional allied health professionals yeah. which is optometrist and uh, you know and of course medical uh, professional who are your ophthalmologist so we need to have a strong base so that uh, uh, the, the people get uh, you know good quality yeah. services all the time so there is a huge need of this uh, because india is the fourth uh, uh, you know uh, largest country where the blindness is prevalent so we need this a strong uh, uh, team because uh, uh, eye health yeah. service delivery is a team effort we need everybody in it only doctor cannot do you know refraction i cannot do you know uh, surgery similar way you know uh, we Absolutely. need people a uh, strong team just like a cricket you know everybody has their own role uh, if team doesn't play we we lose the match so it's the same way so uh, what i do i i make sure that you know these students we identify again you know we uh pick up students from the lower bottom of the pyramid of socio economical strata so if i just give you an example of you know the profile these students come from so they come from rural area they are uh, you know um uh, coming from a family which is below poverty line uh and uh, they are uh having you know science background but they don't have opportunity to mm-hmm. grow because of the financial reason and other exposure so we pick up uh, these students through our partner institute and we get them into best of the right. institutes and uh, they study with them for you know two years three years and uh, and everything is absolutely free for uh, these kids they get paid stipend and uh, once and plus once they complete the course successfully they get placements as well you know so um we make sure 
as a female you know it it is very difficult to get opportunities especially when you are in right. different uh, uh, part of the country it's very difficult to go come out of that shell and be someone whom you want to be so um I, I, this this project entirely is very close to my heart in this one year i have seen so many things uh, i think um, that ke- that keeps me going for uh, continuing this work Absolutely I think what you just shared itself makes it sound so much worth of your uh, knowledge in optometry and what you can change is building this community force which can help everyone towards the same mission of eradicating uh, blindness what I think we all are for in this profession Another thing which I want to follow up on what you just mentioned about public health the work you're doing there's another huge myth myth reality it's a gray area mm-hmm. where people feel that oh, it's very satisfying to be done but is it really financially rewarding so what are your thoughts on the monetary returns of this profile oh yeah thanks you asked this question uh, because even i thought the same way right that jola leke ghumo okay monetary it is very rewarding <laughs> it is very rewarding i just give you the the difference uh, between a corporate or a mainstream job which we do and a um, you know a social sector social sector is actually very rewarding monetary as well as you know job satisfaction um, so um, when you are in a corporate or any business sector or any economy uh, driven uh, you know uh, sector where there you work on profits and revenue and uh, then there is a backward calculation that how do we reach that in uh, social sector thanks to you know Correct. philanthropy and lot of pe- good people who wants to you know invest in uh, uh, public health what here is the money can be raised it is being raised now it's up to you that the execution is so flawless that it reaches the beneficiary so hope you understand the first reverse right. second thing is um it does right. not discount the kind of work which you are going to do so i also have my kpis i have my you know targets i have everything so it's not that uh, the work is very dhadhala right. so the work what uh, is being done it's the way my i was doing in corporate maybe i'm doing 200% more work over here i'm not joking but uh, and it is very uh, you know meticulously it is being done so this is the you know difference and as i said it is very rewarding uh, financially as well <laughs> i think that is something which will encourage many listeners who would you know even consider going into public health because there is True. a known bias or a myth about oh you know what corporate yes you're going to get x amount of money immediately but and you are working for non profit i might have to struggle for 5 years and then i can think about you know meeting my needs well it's not true no no it is it is not now you have uh, as we had mentioned you have taken so many roles are there any major hurdle or limitations that you had to face you know throughout this uh, journey 
Okay, so absolutely. Uh, whenever we start a different role, like when I'm jumping from academics to corporate or corporate to you know public health, it's about uh, learning the uh, the rules of the you know game. It is very important. We need to understand uh, that every sector works in a different way. So uh, first couple of months, uh, you need to you know sit back, observe, and uh, learn what is happening, and. Uh, then start applying your skill. So uh, the challenges are to understand that sector very well and then uh, right. take it forward. So um, your your observation skills, your analytical skills, your negotiation skills, all the skills comes into play that uh, helps you. Uh, and of course, public uh, relationship, you know, because as you are moving from right. one sector to another, you're meeting so many new people and you have to create a rapport from the scratch so that, you know, you can have right. a thriving environment for you to work your best. So uh, these are the challenges, but I think it is manageable. There is something called as transferable skills. So... Um, I may mm -hmm. just share something interesting, you know. <laughs> uh, I I didn't know what was this. Uh, I was doing all these, you know, changing fields and things like that. But uh, I read about it. Uh, I'm actually a big fan of Elon Musk, uh, who is a, you know, uh, everybody, I mean, I'm sure everybody knows him. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just for an idea, like, you know, the Iron Man is actually loosely based on Elon Musk. Uh, when Stanley uh, made it, of course, 1980s Iron Man was made, but still, it is still loosely based on Elon Musk. So this guy has a degree in physics and he's making rockets. He's making, uh, you know, a neural chips to uh, making an electric car to, you know, boring. I mean, he's just constructing some tunnels in uh, Los Angeles and having, you know, solar panel. And he's excellent at doing everything right. so i was just reading I'm, i was fascinated like how is he doing it so he spoke about this transferable skills that uh, you need to understand uh, that business from the best of uh, the expert in that field so you meet those the, you know expert understand uh, what uh, that business is all about and whatever skills you have learned actually that can be transferred so uh, if i see if you ask me the way i give you an analogy between corporate the way corporate works and public right. health there is so much of similarity it's up right. to us uh, that how do we you know remove those wheel and understand that how they work similar absolutely so this was the skill which i learned uh, through my reading and uh, you know uh, that that helps you know you need to keep reading from different sectors from different people uh, and you will find you know the commonality and uh, that can be used everywhere Absolutely. so i would say uh, this is my answer to the question which you asked me i think you shared a wonderful thing because everyone has uh, or will face these kind of hurdles and limitations where you have the hesitation will you be able to perform in the new role but if you focus on these yes. transferable skills, I'm sure you can thrive just like you have done and, you know, leave a benchmark for others to follow. <laughs> okay. I know we're talking a lot about optometry, but just to make this a little more candid, I have added a new fun section, which I'd like to call a rapid fire with uh, Vishwatha Patel. To, so I'm going to ask you a series of questions 
and you have to give me the immediate answer whatever comes in your mind just like any rapid fire that you or you have seen okay so am i getting a hamper <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately no hamper all you'll get is like listeners responding you and knowing a little more about you <laughs> lovely i'm just i'm just kidding i'm excited let's just do this <laughs> Okay, perfect. So, uh, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Just respond whatever is your first option. Okay. Uh, student life or work life? I would say work life. <laughs> okay, good. And uh, second question: binocular vision or contact lenses? Um, binocular vision. Okay. And if we had to write an autobiography about you, what would be the title that you would think about? She didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now. Uh, your favorite superhero iron man <laughs> <laughs> i think you just shared it earlier all right now uh, as you had mentioned you are a traveler yeah. your favorite travel destination oh my god this is the most tough uh, uh, it's rapid whatever comes in your mind <laughs> okay uh, okay i would say you know himachal pradesh in india uh, because it has mm-hmm. himalayas and uh, that's where i uh, it's it's a beautiful place so yeah i would go with that wonderful now rank in an order of your favorite and the most preferred option teaching corporate or life and public health work i would say uh, teaching then public health and then corporates wonderful again something on a similar line uh, rank in the order of your favorite travel food optometry <laughs> oh <laughs> okay i'll go with travel food and optometry <laughs> okay same sequence <laughs> yes Uh, I do wonderful. Uh, dancing or singing? What do you like to do? I would love to do dancing. Wonderful. I wish you would say singing. People will die if I sing. <laughs> All right. If you could change one thing in optometry curriculum or add something to optometry curriculum, what would that be? Life skills. Wonderful. And the last question. No hamper though, but still, last question. One thing you would like to change about yourself? I want to, you know, go. I mean, I want to work on my writing skills. So oh. I'm working on it. Wonderful, perfect. Thank you so much. No hamper, but I think you did fantastic. I would just need a hug from you. Absolutely, we're all going to have a virtual hug with the current situation. But yes, all yeah, no isolating. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. Now, before we end this podcast, one last thing that I would like to ask you: you have given a lot of takeaway messages. but one take away message which you'd like to share which has you know stuck what would that be so um as you know everybody talks about success and uh, uh, people look forward to be successful so i i'm just going to share some scent from one of my favorite author called mark manson so um it goes like this that things do people don't tell you about success is that it never happens when or the way you expect it to happen second thing is people's re- reactions will surprise you in both ways maybe good or bad and third uh, thing is it's never as satisfying as it was in your head so uh, this these are my scent and none of all these reasons are not to go for it so yeah this is how i want to conclude today's uh, discussion i think this is a wonderful takeaway for everyone to be aware while they are trying to achieve their term of or their definition of success and i think that's a wonderful takeaway thank you once again for being part of this podcast and the episode and being the first one where i started this rapid fire so thank you once again for all your support 
थैंक यू सो मच एंड एवरी वन वॉर लिस्निंग डू फॉलो मी ऑन इंस्टाग्राम टू नॉट मिस आउट ऑन एनी अपडेट एंड थैंक यू सो मच थैंक यू